Hello, hello, and a third hello. Welcome to Don't Forget Your Towel. I'm your host and GM, Azul, and today we carry on playing Soth, diving deeper into the fatefully doomed activities of the cult of Yogg-Sothoth. There's really not much to say this week, apart from it's a week, within a month, within a year, within your minds. Yeah, I've got nothing. Onwards to the episode. Previously on Don't Forget Your Towel. Can you help me here? She is trying to steal the tome. What in the hell came over you? Now, if you have composed yourself, I believe we have matters at hand to attend to. Do we have a sacrifice for today? Doug is here, and I believe whoever else is to be offered will be brought by Dottie. If I went to go get James at 11.30 for us to go to the library. You unlock the door to find a empty room. You see like clothes on the bed and that sort of thing. You see his bag, but he himself is not in the room. Okay, I'm going to go down to where my parents are in the kitchen. You're met by three individuals. Yes, your parents. But you're also met by good old Izzy. Well, uh, I came to get you, you know, because um, I'll be helping in the sermon today and I, I wanted you to be there. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I really have to stop by the library and let them know that I'm not going to make the meeting before we go to the church. It's really quick. The library is so close to here. She should have been here by now. It was your job to bring this traveler. Where is he? He was missing in the morning. I hear he's at the church, but I do have somebody. Who? Izzy Reeves. He was at the inn. He wanted to come with me to the church. So he's here now. My poor child. We all have to make sacrifices someday. He's given his life to Saw. I can't think of a better end. The second ritual has been completed. On all Christmas Day, on the Isle of feel the adrenaline wearing off, leaving a sense of accomplishment, among other feelings. Some of you more than others. Left in this sudden silence, what do you do now? (sighs) Excellent work, everyone, if I may say so myself. What do we need to do next? Yes, indeed. Uh, Well, we should clean this all up, make sure that nobody suspects anything. Uh, Now... The next ritual must be at least 30 hours after this. This one must take place at precisely sunset. Okay, we've just passed the longest day of the year now. That would have been today, actually, was the longest day of the year. So tomorrow, sunset should be about 9 o'clock. Excellent. So let us meet at 8.30. It must take place in the temple. This will, in some ways, in some ways, be an easier ritual than the second, and this will open the gate. It will make ready the coming of Soth. As to the details of the ritual, that is uh, a discussion for myself and the cult leader only, I'm afraid. We can't know about it? That is correct. Suffice to say, there is very little preparation for us to do. In fact, almost none at all. All we need is to meet at the temple at the correct time. Time is ticking. Do you think that maybe we can hide these bodies here in the temple? Mm. Yes, in the meantime, we should clean things up and make sure that no one has noticed anything. I think we could probably store the bodies in the temple, unless there is some other better place that we could dispose of them. Now, I think I speak for everybody when I say I don't believe today went quite as planned. Indeed. One of us has failed us today. 
he's going to like take a look at Sage and then he's going to say, and one of us has gone above and beyond. And I will look at Dottie and I am going to place my arms on her shoulders and say, now, whoever this other traveler is, has wronged us. It is up to you to go and find him and bring him to Soth's light. Can I trust you with that? Yes, I will avenge Izzy. Now, what you have done today, I am so proud of you. You have gone above and beyond. You have sacrificed so much. Thank you. I believe in you. I will avenge Izzy. All right, now. You run along, and we'll take care of this. And try and find out where he's hiding. And then, yeah, kind of to Sage, I'm going to say, you have a lot to make up for, you hear me? Clean all of this up. Yes, Benjamin. I'm going to have a word with Kat. For the grace of Soth. And I just bow my head and get to work. So, I believe one or two of these next scenes can be summary scenes. We're going to start with Dottie. Dottie, what, like, what do you do? What are you, what are you planning on doing? Well, I said it, didn't I? I'll avenge Izzy. Fair enough. Moving on. <laughs> Even the keeper <laughs> is currently afraid of Dottie's wrath. Uh, oh, I, 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 oh man, I gotta say, just, just <laughs> off the record, I love that so much. I was fully expecting emotional breakdown. No, my love is gone. But I did not expect happy tears. <laughs> That was so good. That was inspired. (laughs) Okay, so in that case, obviously Dottie has things to do and we can get back to her. Since both of the other scenes happen at the same time, I think we'll start with Kath and Benji and then move on to the other scene. I'll probably gesture for us to go into the back room. Yeah, and I I will definitely follow through. It's kind of like I disrobing out of all the ceremonial garment. I'm quite clearly a bit disheveled by everything that just happened. I didn't expect to get my hands so dirty. Hmm. I feel like um, I have to obligatorily ask Sage and Dottie if they wish to do something while this is going on. Um, well, just my question is, does Kath take the tome with her? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> They're nothing urgent. <laughs> okay, cool. I'd like to actually, I'd like to speak with Sage, actually. Oh. Sage. Dottie, we've both suffered a great loss in these last two days. How have you suffered? My friend Richard. You knew Richard? Yes, he he came to Collinsville to see me. He had something important to talk about. What were you going to talk about? I, I don't know. I didn't say. Just that it was urgent and it, it had to be done in person. But we didn't even have time. I I can't believe that he died at my hands. And I Izzy died at someone else's. I don't want to go home tonight, Sage. Can I say yours with you and Myrtle? You are more than welcome. Okay. <laughs> and jumping meanwhile in the back room. Praise Soth and praise our wonderful leader. You have truly saved us today. We made the deadline by a hair. Indeed. What is going on between you and Sage? I assure you, this was none of my doing. It is all Sage's strange proclivities. She has some kind of compulsion or desire to do with the tome. She did approach me last night asking to view it, and I of course told her that only the holder may view the tome, and I did not think much else of it other than that her fervor for Soth was strong. And so when I left her alone in the library today while I was entertaining Doug, she found the key to the restricted section and went in there. You are holder of the tome. Indeed. And for that very reason, I trust you implicitly. But if the chain of command has a weak link, then we need to cut that link off. Indeed. The fact of the matter is we need to strengthen those chains. I agree. Is she going to be a liability? Let me discuss the next ritual with you. The third ritual, opening of the gate, requires a sacrifice of a cult member. I think you know who would be appropriate. Sage has been. Her servitude to this cult has been what has kept my sister alive. Yes. If Sage is no longer dedicated to the cause, if Sage is no longer in the way, then those protections afforded to Myrtle no longer count. 
What does the sacrifice entail? What do we need to do? Simply that a cultist must be sacrificed using a knife consecrated by the blood of the previous sacrifices, which we have. And I show the knife that I'm still holding. Again, it must take place in the temple at sunset, 30 hours after the second ritual. That is all the tome instructs. And I can count on you to keep this between you and me? Of course. Well, all right there. Praise be to Soth. Praise be to Soth. So we are agreed on who shall be sacrificed. I believe we are. And who shall do the sacrifice? You know, I've been the leader of this cult for a long time. I've sacrificed so much. But if we are to proceed into this new world, if I am to enjoy the shade under Soth's amazing presence, well, I think that... uh. At some point, I'm going to need to step down. And if you could see the dedication that I saw in Dottie today, well, I can't ask for a better leader than that. I see. I think Dottie should be the one to do it. Very well. She can prove her fealty to Soth and her willingness to take the role as our next great leader. I see. Praise be to Soth. Praise be to Soth. Very well, then. All that is to do is to clean up our mess. Well, you have a good night now, you hear? <laughs> Facade goes back up. And to you. <laughs> Speaking of cleaning up, Sage. Yeah, so I I think when, when Dottie mentions Myrtle, I immediately think of needing to keep her safe. So I think that I am going to try and clean everything up as quickly as possible because I just want to like go back home and see Myrtle and we kind of lift things in a really bad place. So I just want to, I want to make that right. I just want to like see her face again and know that she is still okay. Sure. Do you immediately just leave the library to go to see Myrtle or? No, I will um, take the, the bodies down to the temple. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where we agreed to keep them for now and just do like a, a very quick cleanup, maybe miss a few like splatters of blood. <laughs> in my hurry and just kind of like maybe leave some sage burning so that it, it smells clean and fresh maybe but yeah I'll, I just want to get out of there as soon as possible basically and and go and see Myrtle. So now's the moment where I hand over the reins to all of you in terms of scenes. It's midday at the moment although actually it's more like the end of midday so you've really got just the evening and the midnight sections to have scenes in. Do any of you have any thoughts on what you would like to do next? I would like to go back to Sages, but uh-huh. after getting cleaned up and such, I don't know that I have to role play this out. Maybe you might want to. I do have to. I would have to stop by the inn and just sort of let my parents know that I'm going to be out and I'm staying at a friend's place tonight. I would like to do the scene like back at Sages' place. Yeah, that's fine to summarize. Not all scenes need to be roleplayed. So yes, you talk to your parents, inform them about the fact that you're staying over at a friend's place and head off. I'm going to leave this into, like, uh, especially if there's something that a sage in particular wants to do. But I think for my scene, I would very much like to um, go pick up my kids. (laughs) And if Theo did kind of take them in and give them a seat, again, I'm going to offer them a ride home. Um, seeing as I'm passing by Sage and Myrtle's house. Um, But that can be like after anything in everyone else's stuff. Well, let me add this bit of detail to that scene for you. And you can tell me if you want to change anything. Mm. Uh, When you do come to the church, you notice that Theo is basically being held onto by uh, Myrtle, who is there as well. Theo definitely nods at you, like acknowledgingly, but Metal's holding on to him, so he doesn't approach you or do anything like that. But your kids see you and they run to you, you know, calling out and as, as kids do. Cool. Um, yeah, so as my uh, kids kind of approach me and like we hug it out and stuff, I'll just be like, Well now, look at you all. Did you have fun now? They nod frantically. We learned about God. And did Theo take care of you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What, what, did, what, what did you say he did? He, he, t- he told us about stuff that God did. Oh, is that right? Well, that's just fantastic. Oh, uh, hello over there, Theo. Uh, thank you so much for taking care of my children. I absolutely appreciate it. Theo raises his hand to kind of wave, like, nervously, um, and he does, but Myrtle kind of leans down and whispers something into his ears, and Theo looks at you again and then kind of turns away. Sadly, you can't tell, but his face is definitely not happy. Mm. And Myrtle kind of 
takes him closer to the um to the father father wilbert well well now hold on over there myrtle how hold on i that young man there took care of my children and i simply must simply must thank him for his services um and i'm as i'm like kind of approaching i'm very like uh just nonchalantly just casually reaching for my wallet and i'm gonna pull out like a i think not a hefty wad but certainly you know when you're a 15 year old kid 50 bucks is a lot of money. Yeah. And I'm going to pull out what would considerably be like a lot of money for him. So maybe maybe 60 bucks, $60. Wow. Yeah. No, especially at these times. That's huge. Big mm. money. Yeah, this is the 50s as well. So Then this boys yeah. are made about to make some bank. <laughs> <laughs> his eyes widen in delight as far as you can tell. But then his face quickly changes to that of a more neutral look. You swear you hear Myrtle murmuring something about throwing money at everything or something like that. But regardless, Theo accepts your offer, thanks you profusely, and gets almost immediately pulled back by Myrtle, who leads him further into the church. Oh, and is she kind of like escaping or is she just keeping the distance? She's she's basically keeping the distance with, with him, like mm. taking him with her. Now, Myrtle, I hope that you aren't keeping this boy from being awarded for a good job. She stops again, sighs, glares at you with a look of pure animosity, almost tangibly so, and she says, Brother, you are keeping us from meeting with the father, and he's waiting for us, so if you don't mind, we would very much like to leave. You've already gifted the boy, and he's happy. Like, uh, everything uh, going all, uh, all right there, Myrtle? Delightful. Well, Theo, uh, if you ever find yourself in the neighborhood, please, don't hesitate. Don't be a stranger. Uh, my house is always open to you. You too, Myrtle, if you were. She smiles at you curtly. Uh, Theo, on the other hand, kind of nods a few times. And then she says, now, if you will excuse us. She turns around and walks towards Father Wilbur, who's eyeing you quite oddly from the altar at the front of the church. Is it is it getting to the point where like it's clearly kind of like tense, like I am holding them back? Oh yes. Well, at least between the three of you, you are not better than me. Don't you dare walk away from me like that again. She turns to you, and you see like a bit of fear on Theo's face as well as he turns. But she's smiling for the first time since you've seen her this time, and she says, "Well, there's the brother I know. Welcome back, Murder. We all have our parts to play." in the coming days. And I'm sure that you will one day come to your senses and take your rightful place. I pray that your path will take you somewhere, brother, because your comeuppance, if not in this life, will be waiting for you in the next. As I said twice before, goodbye. I'm gonna like just kind of take a couple steps back and as I turn around, Again, the facade has dropped. I'm just going to spit on the ground right in front of the church. Not like to get anybody's like attention. Like I'm not making a big thing, but it is like I'm making a statement to myself. Okie dokie. We'll jump to the Sage and Dottie scene first. So Sage, firstly, to clarify, do you go directly home? Once I've cleaned up, yeah. So potentially Dottie and I would reach the house at the same time because if, if Dottie had some things to do, I had some things to do and then we go to the house. Okay, I was wondering, is Myrtle home? Is she back from the church? When you two arrive at Sage's place, the inside is empty. Myrtle is not there. What, is Myrtle going to be back anytime soon? I thought she'd be back by now. She, she must just be caught up after the mess. You know how Matthew can talk after the after his sermons? I don't know. I never go. Ah, yes, yes, of course. Um, please make yourself at home. Uh, would you like a cup of tea? Yeah, tea would be great. Thank you. Okay. Um, so, yep, I'm going to head over to the kitchen and I'm going to take a blend of dried lavender and chamomile. Yes, just create some tea, tea for her. Thank you. I wanted to, you know, hang out with you because you're the only one who actually has someone they care about. I mean, of course, Kathleen has Matt, but, you know, he's he's Matt. I don't think it's not the same. Yeah, it definitely isn't. How would you feel if it was Myrtle? I would not forgive anyone that harms Myrtle. Yeah. And with that, I'm going to head over to the kitchen again and start making a new um, protection salve, just blending together a whole lot of herbs into a paste. Hmm. Yeah. Kath, do you have a scene that you wish to... I don't think so, unless there's a scene that you want to play with me. I think 
Kath just spends the rest of the day at the library cleaning things up, like making sure everything is spotless. But notably, she will leave the altar intact. Although obviously she puts the the knife and the tome away in the restricted section. Um, but now that the library is basically hers, she is just like, yeah, I'm going to do what I want and leaves the altar up and cleans everything. And <laughs> wow. then we'll go home at the usual time around 5 p.m. Okay. In that case, I will have to play your scene first because you arrive home around 6 p.m. I would imagine then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, when you do, you see Matthew's face, Matthew, your husband. Mm -hmm. uh, he is not where he usually is, uh, sitting in his like maroon, kind of leathery armchair reading the Bible. Instead, he's pacing up and down, looks a bit concerned for lack of a better word, I should say. When he sees you coming in, he immediately, like his eyes widen and he run, runs up to you and kind of holds you by the shoulder, shakes you almost as if trying to make sure you are real and says, are you okay? Oh, yes, of course, dear. Whatever is the matter? He pauses, kind of looks away and says, I think you should stop. I think you should stay home for a few days. <laughs> Whatever for? Well, um, let's just say that it has come to my attention that something disastrous happened this afternoon. Uh, near the library, maybe inside the library. Uh, clearly, you're safe, so that's the most important thing, but... Well, hold on, dear. What do you mean something happened? Well, no, I, I, I can't say. It was in confidence, and, and it's, it's, the important thing is that you're safe, and please do me a favor, just, just stay away from the library for, for a few days. That, that's all I'm asking. Uh, come, come to me with, to, to, to church. Matthew, I was in the library all day and I didn't see or hear anything. All for the better. So it is clearly safe. Honey, please, I'm, I'm asking you for a favor. Uh, well, of course, the, the library will be having reduced hours over the Christmas period, but I am I'm afraid... Sure, listen, I'm, I'm sure Doug can take care of everything and... Like, just give him a call, I'm sure you... Yes, you see, that is the thing. <laughs> Doug cannot. He spontaneously decided to move to Italy. His, like, his... <laughs> his face goes through a couple of different emotions, and he frowns at you and he says, Italy. Yes, I know, it came as quite the surprise to me too. He announced it to me today and said I would be the new de facto owner-manager of the library. Uh, apparently, Venice has always been his dream. Honey, he, he kind of pauses and then looks at you again and says, he, he loves that library, you, you know he's... He practically lives there. Yes, indeed. It must have been a painful parting for him. But the libraries in Venice, I'm told, by Doug, are excellent. And he went today? Yes, very strange. I wondered all day if it was something I did or said that had offended him. Uh, or perhaps some stroke of luck. Perhaps he won the lottery or found a new love it is very unlike him to leave so spontaneously but um but he did and he didn't tell i don't know me i, I am his pastor <laughs> why would he tell you dear at this he looks somewhat offended well i consider myself a figure a c community figure in this community and <laughs> of course of course i forget these silly people oh. I'm sorry, Kathleen? What? These silly people love to tell all their secrets to God when some of them should be kept in their hearts. Kathleen, God knows everything. You are right. I'm not sure what's gotten into you, but... No, it must be Doug's sudden leaving that has left me all in a flurry. It's not just Doug. No. Izzy's missing too. And I say missing because he was supposed to present something to our congregation today. It was a big, it was a big day for him. Oh dear. Are you, are you sure he's missing? I mean, perhaps he just got a case of nerves. He kind of purses his lips and he says, I have it under good authority that he is missing. What authority is this? I can't say. I see. Oh, well, I'm 
sure he'll turn up, darling. What were you doing in the library today? Well, I told you I was having a meeting about this Christmas reading that we'll be having for the children. It's going to be a huge event, as I said, a bit of a surprise for the town. Um, we were tasting some of the food that might be on offer and discussing which books would be most appropriate. And what books did you decide on? What a good question. We decided on, uh, well, The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, classic of uh, fantasy and Christian morality. He kind of stares at you for a moment and then he says, you wouldn't happen to have seen Izzy, would you? I don't think so. I mean, several people did come into the library today, although, of course, it was much less busy than usual, and we were closed for half the day due to the meeting. Oh, who um, who came to the library? Oh, I don't remember. Even though it was a slow day and you just said only a few people came? Uh, yes, well, as you can imagine, I was in quite a state after Doug announced to me that he would suddenly be leaving and the library would be in my possession alone. I mean, my goodness, I could barely think straight for hours. I I'm sure I let many people wander in and out with barely registering their presence. Uh, uh, right, of course, Catalina, okay, okay, of course. So he, uh, he announced it to you and... I'm, I'm sure you have more details about why he left then. Surely, you know, as his, as his employee, you would have asked. I mean, I, I know the man's a... He kind of laughs, chuckles, says, but, well... Well? Aren't you curious? Well, of course. I'm extremely curious. But he seemed to be in such a rush. I barely had the time to formulate questions before he was out the door. Okay, I, I understand. Um, one last thing, honey. Uh, I, I think uh, yesterday you mentioned that you'd be meeting with, um, uh, you know, the, the Crothers, um, Benjamin, for, for the yes. reading, right? He's, he's sponsoring it? Yes, it, it was half his idea, in fact. Of course, always the, always the philanthropist, that one. And he, he was in the library today, though, right? He had a conversation, surely, with you about the reading? Yes, he he was present at the meeting. Of course. Forget I said anything. Uh, paranoia, you know. I didn't see you at the service today either, and uh, perhaps I just miss you. I'm spending time with all these other men, you know. Oh, darling. <laughs> but why do you ask? Like I said, uh, you know, I'm I may be a pastor, but I still clearly have some emotions to take care of. God help me. Oh, that is lovely. Well, I have got to get back to my uh, Bible reading, but you should you should definitely come to the sermon when uh, you're able to, of course. Of course. Yes. Uh, good night, honey. And I he kind of just furrows his brow, kind of looks back at you, turns around smiling, you know, a small smile to you before taking his seat in his usual place. Good night. Cool. <laughs> so, we move on to Sage and Dottie. So Sage, Dottie, Dottie, Sage, you're at Sage's place um, in the lounge, I imagine. Like, where, where are you? Like, set the, set the scene. Yeah, I would, I would be kind of around the kitchen, but I'd say we have quite an open space. So I would have served Dottie her tea at like the dining table. Yeah. What are you doing when the, you, hear, you all hear the doorknob being opened and somebody coming in? Yeah, I'd say I'm drinking tea and um, maybe we're chatting. Maybe the conversation has moved on to... I've probably complimented Sage on the unique tea mixture that she's made and uh, we're discussing the properties of it and what they're good for and all that. Yeah, and I'll be keeping my hands busy, like making myself, but... Yeah, still trying to have a, a normal conversation with Dottie. Yeah, you hear, like after, you hear some sounds, some rustling from the entrance, of course, and then you hear the familiar voice of Metal saying, I'm home. You can tell just by her voice, at least Sage can tell that she's not particularly happy. Oh uh, yeah, um, I'm gonna put my mortar and pistol down and just run over to Myrtle. So you run to the hallway to see Myrtle and you notice almost immediately that she's standing beside an unfamiliar man, brown-haired, tall, wearing baggy and loose clothing, trench coat as well. He gives you a smile and greets you a good evening. Ah, um, good evening. Um, 
Myrtle, you didn't tell me you were bringing a guest over tonight. She kind of smiles, frowns, and smiles again and says, Oh, uh, yeah, I just met James um, early at the church. He uh, he and the pastor were talking, and um, I don't know, he just kind of took to Theo as well. I, I, thought he, I, I thought I'd bring him home as he had some very interesting things to say about my brother. Oh, did he now? Um... Well, please come come in. Um, at this, James says, Thank you, and um, thank you for letting me borrow your wife for a bit. Uh, don't worry, I come in peace. I heard that you make lovely tea. Yes, yes, I do. Um, I can fix you up something right away, if you'd like. Delightful. Yes, please. Yep, so I'm going to hurry over to the kitchen, make him the same blend, but um, discreetly so no one sees it, I'm going to put a drop of something else in the tea. Both Myrtle and James walk into the lounge and they both see you, Dottie. James smiles very curtly at you and Myrtle smiles very warmly at you. Oh, Dottie, I didn't know uh, you were here. Yes, well, I just last minute decided to pop by. James, we miss you at the library this afternoon. James smiles at you and he says, Oh, you must have just missed me. Must have. Of course. uh, Where'd you go? Well, I consider myself uh, quite a timely person. I arrived there early. Ah, you went to the library without me and there I was going to show you the way. Oh, it's it's fine. I took a good look inside. Quite a lovely library you have there. A lot of um, interesting art exhibitions. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I don't know of any art exhibitions there, actually. It must be a new thing that happened today. Who am I to say? I'm just here for a, for a few days, of course. <laughs> yes, of course. Only a very few days. <laughs> At that, I'm going to plonk the tea in front of him and go, please, drink. <laughs> you know, actually, I wanted to say I couldn't help myself. I have seen some of the art there. I'm sorry it's meant to be a surprise, but... I did know there was some art there. Oh. I couldn't keep it in. Don't worry. It was a surprise, definitely. Yes. Your friend Richard helped to set it up, actually. Ah. (laughs) He smiles at you again, but for the first time since meeting him tonight, you see a small glimpse of a frown. Oh, yes. He was instrumental in the art installation. He was quite an artsy person. I was just telling Myrtle here how he and Sage were old friends. Yes, I just heard about that myself. Apparently he was here to meet with her. Isn't that right, Sage? Um, And he kind of smiles at you. Yes, yes. Well, um, we were intending to meet. I had word that he suddenly left the island to attend other business. Oh, he did, did you? (laughs) I was was told the same thing just yesterday by um, by our dearest friend Dottie here. Yes, I heard the same thing. It's a shame. How did you say he left again? I didn't. So he's here still? No. (laughs) There is an awkward pause (laughs) and at this point Myrtle kind of claps her hands, breaking the silence and says, I'm I'm so sorry. Um, I've just had a uh, quite a tiring day today and I would like to take an early night, but... Uh, James, uh, make yourself at home. Thank you um, for everything. It was really nice talking to you. And she smiles at him again, and James says, Anytime, anytime. And Myrtle kind of heads towards your bedroom, Mm -hmm. Sage. I'll just politely excuse myself and just say that I want to have a word with Myrtle. So when you when you enter the bedroom, Myrtle's on the bed. She's got her head in her hands. Um, she's not crying, but she's definitely not okay. Mm-hmm. I'll sit down next to her and just kind of stroke her hair and just instinctively take out a bit of the salve and start putting it in again and start like massaging it into her hair. Hey, hon. I thought you'd be home earlier, Myrtle. My bastard of a brother. I mean, I suppose technically to him, I'm the bastard. He's just showed up in the church. Not been a good day. I mean, what with our argument this morning? Yes, I am very sorry about that. And I realized that was wrong all this time about Benjamin. I thought he could help us. I thought he would keep you safe at any cost. She kind of takes her head out of her hands and she looks at you and she's definitely not happy, but she's surprised. And she says, Sage, that's that's what I've been telling you. I, I don't know... There's something wrong about him, and uh, James James thinks so as well. Like he and he and Pastor Wilbert were talking, and I'm pretty sure he's involved with some really bad things. Well, I um, there's something you should know, Myrtle. She looks a bit surprised, and she says, "I'm I'm, I'm sorry. Hang on, like 
this is in some kind of movie or like radio drama. Whenever someone says there's something I have to say, like everything goes wrong. Please don't tell me you've been cheating on me or something like that. <laughs> oh no, no, nothing like that. Um, everything I've done is for the good of Soth. What? Surely you must have heard I, of Soth before. Uh, Did you not hear no? the bedtime stories as a child? I'm I told mean, it's been in your family for generations. Uh, who's... Wh- wh- what Soth? They who would walk the earth and save us all. Honey, you're, you're kind of scaring me and I... Oh, what are you talking about? Are, are you okay? It's the only way I can keep you safe, Myrtle, please. You have to understand. S- safe? What are, you, what are you talking about? What? Wait, is this... Uh, Richard... Is my brother involved? Richard, I... It was necessary. I didn't think that you would it would be him, but I did what I had to do. You see her face going a shade of white, and she kind of straightens herself, backs away, and says, Sage, what are you talking about? I'm going to put my hands on her shoulders and say, Myrtle, I need you to join me. She blankly stares at you. You see, I, I thought that I had no power, but Soth has sent me a sign that together, me and you, we can lead this and we can bring soth to this world sage what who what or who is soth i've already told you he is no you haven't you haven't explained anything he 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 has all the secrets he will heal all of our pain we will never need to fear anything again myrtle everything i have done please to keep you safe stop stop no stop please you must understand i just want to keep you safe myrtle please you're crazy no no, you you cannot call me that. I had to deal with your family. Your family brought me into this. And I see the truer purpose now. But if you will not join, I can't do this without you, Myrtle. You have to believe me that this is the way. At this, she kind of sighs. Babe, like, listen, I, I don't know what my brother has done or said or whatever, but it's okay, okay? Like, we just... You just need help. Like no, we don't understand. We don't you. need him anymore. We Sage. we can do this ourselves. You are the the bloodline that we need. We don't need Benjamin. I just need your help. What, Sage, what are you bloodlines? What are you? What is this? Do you trust me, Myrtle? Oh, she <laughs> pauses and frowns and looks at you for what seems like a very very long time, and she says. Sure. Uh, okay, yes. Now can you please tell me what's going on? I think you've heard enough for for one night. Tomorrow, all will be revealed. What? What do you mean? To- what? And I give her a kiss on the cheek and leave the room. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> in the other room, James is playing with his fingers. The tea's right in front of him, but he doesn't take it. And, and he's just smiling at you curtly. It's good, the tea. So I've heard, but you know, um, sensitive stomach and all. Sensitive to lavender? You'd be surprised. Uh, sensitive to a lot of things. Um, you know, stomachs can get influenced by external happenings. Yeah, I feel that. Just had a bumpy ride today. Yeah, it's been a hell of a day. You're telling me. I think you'll be meeting up with your friend very soon. Let's hope for the both of us that that does not happen. You don't want to meet him? Well, he has a way of, or should I say, I have a way of always finding myself beside him. Do you not like him? Thought you were friends. We are. Are you running away from him? He, he smiles again at you, but he seems a bit confused. I'm not sure what you mean. You said you don't want to meet him. No, I said I will find my way to him. My own way, let's just say. Okay. You don't want any help getting to him? I did tell you. We missed you at the library today. I told you I was going to show you where he was. Oh, don't, don't worry. I think I have a good idea of where he is. And he smiles at you again. But that being said, it was nice meeting you here. I honestly can't say I expected to see you. I'm gonna head off now. Where will you go? Pardon? Where will you go? Oh, you know, I'm a traveler. I go where the wind carries me. But first, I should probably pick up my stuff from my room. Good night, Dotty. I'm gonna take the ornament and I'm going to throw it at his head. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Damn. How big is the ornament? About the size of a golf ball. Oof. Okie dokie. Dang. Michaela, as our injury expert, remind me what the injury was. Um, so, yep, it's up to you to decide how much damage you want to give. Up to the keeper, I mean. One mm-hmm. injury stuns and throws them off balance. Two requires bed rest. Three requires hospitalization. 
Okay, so it is a conflict as well. You've already voiced what you want to do. James wishes to avoid it, obviously. However, I don't think he can actually avoid it. You have the superior position in comparison, and so you do strike him on his head. But you're not completely successful. What does happen is that you do injure him quite a bit. You almost knock him off his feet onto the ground, but he barely manages to hold himself up despite his bleeding head. He looks at you with wide eyes, turns towards the hallway, and makes a run for it. I'm gonna try and jump onto his back, try to wrap my arms around his neck. Okay, so I don't think you're completely successful in that. He is a large person and he may not be as fast as he could have been, but he's got quite a bit of determination given that he's running for his life. He's also more athletic than you, but it is still a partial success. You grab onto his trench coat and pull him backwards, bringing him onto the ground. For his turn, he kicks you, Dottie, but again, he is tired and weary and bleeding, so despite kicking you with a metal-toed boot with everything that he can muster, he only really does one point of damage to you. And with that, the first round ends, and we go on to the second round. So you've been pushed back slightly, not holding on to him anymore, and he's on the ground. It's a tense moment for sure, but what would you like to do? I'm going to try and get on top of him and strangle him. Okay. He would like to continue running. Actually, before we get onto that, Michaela, do Sage and Myrtle usually lock the doors generally? Hmm, no. Okay, so Isabel, in this context, James is the current player, unless you want to see his initiative. Cool. <laughs> Listeners, Isabel just shook her head for context. So James makes a run towards the door again. He makes it halfway down the hallway, perhaps a few feet away from the actual door. And that's his turn. What would you like to do, Dottie? I'm going to say maybe during the struggle, we've been beside the dining table. So not too far from the dining table. Mm -hmm. And I imagine there's a kettle with the whole the tea. I think I'm going to grab the kettle and try and throw hot water on him. Brilliant. So tell me a bit about your experience throwing things. Like, how's your aim? I reckon Dottie is pretty sporty. She's a working class girl. She, you That's know, true. is in the kitchen a lot and she's probably played her fair share of games thrown a fair share of things yeah no that's totally fair it's an overwhelming success it's a kettle of water so the area of impact is large as well do you throw just the water or the kettle as well uh just the water i just splash the hot water out at him yeah your aim is so good that most of the water hits him directly in the face scorching him quite a bit a pain scream echoes through the whole house. Sage, you've just exited the door after having your conversation with Myrtle when you hear the sound of a scream. And almost immediately afterwards, you hear Myrtle say something behind you. She would have heard the scream as well. What are you thinking at the moment? Well, I guess I'll walk out and see James on the floor. And I kind of ex expected something to go down, but I just thought that if he drank the tea, you would have just fallen asleep and Dottie could have done dealt with him quietly but yeah now I'm seeing all this commotion and I'm like oh no this is just everything's been so messy today this is a loose end that we need to tie up immediately that's what I'm thinking so what would you like to do as of now you are part of the conflict as well and it is your turn so I think I imagine I'll have a hearth so I'm gonna pick up the poker stick by the hearth and just walk over to him <laughs> And... and repeatedly stab him in the heart. Oh, I've got a lot of emotion um, that I need to get out today. <laughs> the cult leader is very happy. Tell me, <laughs> tell me, Sage, do you have any experience stabbing or poking things? I mean, I use the, the poker stick to poke the fire. That's the extent. Apart from the sacrifice of Richard, like that was the only violent thing that I've had to do before. But this is just kind of instinct taking over and I guess a bit of a frenzy as well. Okay, so you're partially successful. You're not the best at this and James is struggling and screaming and thrashing around. So even if you did aim for his heart, you do not reach his heart at all. But you do manage to stab him several times all over the place. Just checking also, but is this poker hot? No, because that would be a retrospective thing. <laughs> Fair enough. So you do manage to poke him several times, injuring him profusely, but because of the constant thrashing at one point, the poker gets kicked away by him, and you basically get punched in the abdomen with the blunt end of the poker, and you do take one point of damage. But soon afterwards, he falls unconscious, having taken a lot of damage. 
You both look at him and you would have looked at him for longer if not for the loud scream that comes from behind you. It's Myrtle's scream. Her eyes are wide open and despite her mouth hanging open as well, all that comes out of it is a few whimpers. What do you all do? I'm assuming I've got like blood on on my hands, but I'm just going to run over to her and like kind of put my hands out to, to just like go over and like put my hands on her shoulders and just be like, it's okay, it's okay. You don't get to do that because as you run towards her, she runs behind the pantry table trying desperately to stay away from you. Myrtle, Myrtle, please, it's it's worse than it looks, I assure you. This This was simply just, it's been a messy day and this, it had to be done. He knew too much. All she does is repeat the words, please don't kill me. No, no, I'll never hurt you. And again, I'm trying to approach her to like comfort her. Oh yes, no one's going to hurt you, Myrtle. Myrtle Wimper said that. What are you doing in the meanwhile, Dottie, apart from saying that? Yeah, I'm going to say that. Um, other than that, how is James looking health-wise? Does he look like he's going to immediately die? Does he look like he's hanging on a little bit? He is most certainly alive, but not in any state to move. And even if he did move, you're both certain that you could just walk up to him and put him out of his misery. Okay. Mm. Sage, they didn't say they needed another sacrifice, did they? No, we know nothing of the requirements. Should we save him just in case? That might be wise. Yeah. We can bind him. I can get some rope. Yeah, get some rope and some bandages um, so he doesn't bleed too quickly. And I just walk away being like, oh, this is messy. This is messy. And I kind of, before I before I leave the room, I look over at Myrtle just to see what she's she's doing. So she's grabbed a kitchen knife and she's holding it with both hands in front of her, almost like it's literally the only thing that's separating herself and her imminent death. Yeah, I'll get the rope first. So I'm, I'm alone with Myrtle now, am I? Yeah, not only are you alone with Myrtle, Duddy, but you also see her trying to climb out of the window. That's probably wise, Myrtle. You might not last long here. She immediately stops and slowly looks back. Duddy, please, just just let me go, okay? I, I didn't see... I, I, I want to... I, I, please. Then run. She starts scrambling out of the window as fast as possible, letting go of the knife she was holding as well, before falling out of the window with a shout. Do you do anything before she gets out? No. Okay, so she is out. Sage, you return soon afterwards to an empty pantry lounge area. Well, empty apart from Dottie and the unconscious James. Yeah, so I'll walk over to James and put the rope down and then I guess look around and realize that Myrtle isn't here. Dottie, where, where's Myrtle? And I'm like, instant panic mode. I don't know, I wasn't paying attention. What do you mean? I was trying to tend to James. James isn't moving. Where did Myrtle go? I need to know now. I need to keep her safe. I, uh, the window's open. Maybe she left out that way. <laughs> I'm going to run out and just shout off to her, see if I can, like, see any trace of her. It's all darkness. And I'm like, oh, where, where would Myrtle go? Where would she go? I think I will take a, not a torch, maybe a mm -hmm. candle or just anything that will give me light, like light up the way through the forest and start and just start making my way through the forest. And I'll yell to Dottie, like, tidy this up, please. Um, yeah, so Sage left uh, rope, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I put that down next to James. Yeah, so I'll just get busy tying him up. Cool. We'll end the scene there. <laughs> Holy damn. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. <laughs> what? Both of you, amazing. <laughs> Okay, so after the after the events of the night, Benji returns to his estate. He spies Jeeves kind of with a look of, I suppose, like he gives Jeeves like a nod, uh, knowing that now's not the time. For now, he wants to spend time with his kids. Uh, so he gestures for Jeeves to start the uh, start a fire and such. And he sits in this kind of regal looking chair that faces the flames. And as the fire starts to pick up he sees both that kind his purpose in the flames the the fire and such you know the same kind of thing that he was seeing when he looked into the um the light of the uh, altar he has his kids on his lap and he reads to them a story he says there once was a boy who found himself lost in the woods alone and hungry he searched for his way home the more he walked the more he lost his way 
The poor boy tried to call for his parents, but all he could hear was the sound of wolves. He tried to call for his friends, but all he heard was only the hissing of snakes. He tried to call for the person most precious to him, but all he could hear was the sound of the ocean. He's just gonna let his eyes kind of glaze over for a moment as he continues to stare into the flames. The boy was alone, cold, desperate, until he heard the most wonderful sound, like an angel calling to him from heaven. That's where he found him, his light. The light was warm and it filled his heart with such purpose and such drive, and when he followed that light, it guided him through the darkness of the forest and back to his home again. Now, children, you have a light that guides you? Your bright-eyed children open their mouths to say something. They love story time with their father and they've always loved it. But just as they're about to say something, you hear the familiar sound of a throat being cleared intentionally. It's Jeeves. He bows to you politely before saying, Sir, we have visitors. They demand to see you, sir. With a kind of like almost knowing look, he just says, without even like turning around or acknowledging Jeeves, show them in. Unfortunately, sir, they insist on staying at the door, sir. Alright. He kisses his children on the forehead, shuffles them off to follow Jeeves to bed, um, and he goes to the front door and he opens it. And you come face to face with two fully dressed police officers who look at you, nod, and say, Evening. Just how much does Matthew know? What fate will befall the now unconscious James? And what do the police want with Benji? Find out on the next episode of Don't Forget Your Towel. If you like what you hear, please connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at dfyt underscore podcast, on Facebook at Don't Forget Your Towel Podcast, and through email at dfytpodcast at gmail.com. If you have a few dollars to spare and you've been liking what you hear, please consider supporting us on Patreon. But if you don't have a few dollars to spare, that's all good too. Just keep listening and like or review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Every single rating goes a long way to helping us increase our reach and to share the RPG love. Till next time, keep your towels at the ready.